What? You've got a podcast? What the heck? That reminds me of that time, seven years ago, back when these mean dudes came in here and started talking about cover songs. Messed up this windmill. I'll never forget this song. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against each other. We're not the only one. We're the foremost one. Yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. Like, they care. They don't even listen. I guarantee you the, the, the cover-up. There's another podcast about cover songs, yeah, but we won't tell you the name of it because then we... No, it's called The Cover-Up. Yeah. <laughs> um, they exist, and they uh, cover similar topics to us. Yeah. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my... Fuck, I didn't think of a good adjective. Joined by my stormy co-host. Hmm. Sorry. Wait, let me try this again. I gotta go in. Joined by my phonographic co-host. Oh, Alex Mildenberger. (laughs) I don't sound like a porn star now. (laughs) That's right. Stormy Daniels. Yeah. Who famously called, uh, referred to Donald Trump's dick as looking like Toad. (laughs) From Mario Kart. From Mario Kart. (laughs) (laughs) But we are talking about video games today. That's right. We're talking about the Song of Storms from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Released in 1998. It always blows me away that this game was 1998. How, how so? I don't know, just because I think... <laughs> this is dumb now that I'm saying it loud. I just think of it as 1999 because I was six when I played it. Okay, all right. <laughs> This game, like, I don't, I don't ever remember living in a world where this game didn't exist. Like, my consciousness starts when I saw my friend's brother do a backflip as Young Link, and I was like, I want to do that. And that changed my life. Yeah, this is a <laughs> formative game. It's, like, beyond even being a game for me. It's like a, like, if we were a tribal society, this would be a rite of passage. Yeah, it's just, like, part of my brain. Yeah. Locked in there, yeah. And this song, like, there's so many fucking good songs in this game, but like this one, I always would hang around in the windmill just to listen just to, to this. listen to the dude, Guru Guru, yeah, whatever, Guru Guru, playing his little box. Which apparently his name comes from. Uh, it's like a, it's another, it's a Japanese sound effect one. So it's like the sound of turning around in a circle a bunch. <laughs> there it is. His name is a Japanese onomatopoeia for turning round and round, going around in circles. Which also happens to be the phonograph man's favorite expression in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I'm surprised they have an onomatopoeia for turning in a circle. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I don't think we have one. I wonder if it is like a, specifically a phonograph, like a turntable kind of. Oh, maybe be like. Yeah, as the English call it. You know. So this was composed by Koji Kondo, who, I mean, is a fucking video game legend. He's Yeah, I mean, if you know video game music, you probably yeah. know of Koji Kondo. He did all the big, like, I mean, there's a lot of big video game songs, but for Nintendo, he did most of them. Yeah, like original Super Mario Bros. Um, obviously, Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. in a huge way. He, I, he did Punch-Out. The first game he worked on was Punch-Out, which, which has some bangers on it. Like he didn't even apparently he like wasn't big into music. Like from a composing <laughs> aspect. He applied for the job in 1984 and didn't even have like a demo tape. He was just like an art student at some university that Nintendo had like released a memo to that they're like, yo, we're hiring art students. <laughs> He's like, duh, oh, fuck it, I guess. And then he became Koji Kondo. And then he played piano with Imagine Dragons in 2014. 
Oh, I missed that. At, at the game, the like Spike TV Video Game Awards. Oh, when they were still the Spike TV Video Game Awards? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> well, I always heard that he like, when he composes, he like listens to it over and over again to make sure that it's like something you can stand on a loop. Okay. Which I think that was him. It's definitely a video game composer, um, which I think is probably a really good technique. Just listen to your own thing over and over again until it sucks, and then if it does, change it. Yeah. Like, that's fucking smart. Yeah. And listening, particularly to the Zelda soundtrack, like, it is a lot of that. And, and like, even Mario, it's, like, these kind of perfect loops. Mm-hmm. Like, this song is 11 bars. It's done in triple time, so it's, like, three notes per bar. Mm. And four of that's the intro without the main riff. Yeah, it's just, like, I wonder if that got picked up on the mics. And we'll find out. And then it's seven bars of the actual, like, riff. And then that's it. It loops. Mm-hmm. Like, absurdly simple, absurdly quick, which we'll see in some of these being, like, a minute and a half covers. Yeah. Some of them are a minute and a half. One of them is, I think, under a minute. Yeah, one of them is 50 seconds. That's and then so one of them rude. is, like, six and a half minutes long. Yep. <laughs> yep, it is. <laughs> Uh, what else do I have to say about this one particularly? Uh, 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 we talked about Guru Guru. So yeah, in the game, you learn the song as an adult, and then from the from Guru Guru, who is who's, pissed, who's yeah, he's mad all the time because someone came in seven years ago and played this song, which he teaches to you. And then yeah, exactly. So this is what's called a bootstrap paradox. Which is, it comes from the saying, pulling yourself up from, by the bootstraps, which is impossible. Because you, you can't do it. It can't be done. So because it's, it's also like a physics. causal loop, is I think the other name. So when the initiating event is caused by a later event. Because mm-hmm. you go back in time afterwards, and then you are the one who plays the song mm-hmm. in the past. And then he teaches it to you in the future. Yeah. So this song has no real origin so nobody wrote this song nobody wrote this song Hmm. maybe chuck berry wrote it (laughs) probably (laughs) um some of the songs some of the ocarina songs are like based on older songs from the zelda series Mm. but this one i don't think is this one i think originates in ocarina of time I don't remember hearing it previously. Yeah. It does have a similarity, not to Legend of Zelda, but the intro to Fortress music in Yoshi's Island. Really? Which, it's just that... Okay, that kind of, like, foreboding uh, progression. Yeah, and actually, I would say it's somewhat foreboding. I'm going to actually play it just for us real quick here. Yeah. Because I think it has like basically the backing portion, like almost everything but the main riff. So yeah, it's uh very similar to that, but entirely different in terms of like the vibe it gives. Yeah, it shares the like chord progression, and then there's like a kind of a bass chord chord. Hmm. Kind of that that it shares with this song from Yoshi, Yoshi's Island. Yeah, Yoshi's Island. Um, this is also apparently apparently a big running theme in Ocarina of Time in terms of the music is uh, something called late motif, 
which is a short or constantly recurring piece, recurring musical phrase associated with a particular person, place, or idea. Right. I have heard of it before. I don't really know much about it. Well, just like it's even, one of those words that gets pronounced a lot of different ways depending on where you. Yeah. It's, is it E-I? Yeah, it's E-I-T. Yeah. So, so depending on where you hear it, everyone like says light motif. I don't know. I don't even know. It's leap motive. Leap motive. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you think about like even something just like the daytime coming in in Ocarina of Time, it's always that. Like it's right. No, it's daytime. Mm-hmm. And same thing. Like this one serves to connect to the idea of both rain. And the bizarre character Guru Guru. Oh, Guru Guru. Who has I I like I never knew it was a phonograph. If you'd have asked me like point blank to name the instrument that's like strapped to his body, I'd have said a hurdy gurdy. Yeah, because he's like turning the thing, which I guess you do with a phonograph, but like just so he has a like record on there somewhere. Yeah, I guess. They call him the phonograph man, but I've never seen and like even in the art there's not a Or maybe the table. phonograph uh, cause like, is the phonograph just the the like actual the amplifier like, part? Tube yeah, part? Like the, yeah. Cause that yeah. would make cause like you'd have like a turntable and then a phonograph that amplifies it. Look at this phonograph. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's a fucking freak though. He's a creepy looking dude. He is. He, he appears is. in uh, several other Zelda games. He appears in Majora's Mask, where the song has a different origin. Entirely. It's written by the two uh, composer brothers, Sharp the Elder and Flat the Younger. Ah, oh, yes. Who do the classic uh, Nintendo technique where if there's two brothers, one of them always resembles Mario and the other resembles Luigi. So the older brother is short, red, and the other guy's tall and green. But they're both ghosts anyway. That's right. They're ghosts. So in that one, the, the piece is con- composed by Flat the Younger, the Luigi of the two. And he says this about the song. Sharp sold his soul to the devil and was the one who locked me in here. You who do not fear the dead, learn well the song that is inscribed behind me. And if you ever meet my brother, I'd like you to inform him. The thousand years of raindrops sown by my song are my tears. The thunder that strikes the earth is my anger. This song is about crying hard. Yeah. And making storms happen. Yeah. The song is, I guess, about anger in some ways. Because Guru Guru is a pretty angry guy. He is an angry guy. Well, it's an interesting song. I mean, it's pretty short, like you said. It's not... Did you say that? I in, did say that. In, when we were recording? It's 11 K- bars. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, but, like, the main part, the part you actually play yeah. on the ocarina is just the, like, do-do-do, which is just based on this... It's just this minor third jump, which mm-hmm. is, a pr- like, real straightforward, like, minor chord right. sound. So, like, you do the minor third and then jump up an octave. So it's very much like this is minor, mm-hmm. and then other than that, it's in a minor key. Yeah, D minor, I believe. Oh yeah, I have. At least that I've here, played actually. it in D minor. You played it in D minor. Uh, 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 I have this. I swear to God, I have this. Well, I should hope it's in D minor because, as we know, D minor is the saddest of all keys. That's true. I could swear I wrote D Dorian down here somewhere. Mm, it might be. The thing is, see, the version I've played mm-hmm. plays it in D Aeolian, which is very similar. Mm-hmm. Both minor keys, but it uses a B flat chord, okay. which would indicate um, Aeolian. Right. Two different specifications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The piece is set in D Dorian with a brief use of B flat major, according oh. to the Zelda wiki. That's interesting, and I don't know why it would be one over the other because it doesn't actually. I don't think it ever plays B mm-hmm. in the melody. So that's something that I would uh, need to look into. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. And I don't know why you can just say that. Yeah, you're like, it's D Dorian. Except for this one time, which is the only time we use that note. Uh, I think. I think, yeah. Anyway, so that's interesting. That is but I, interesting. I did think it was like close. I mean, they're pretty close together. They're pretty similar. Yeah. Um, And maybe there are other indications. Maybe it has to do with how they use the... Oh, wait, hang on. I'm hanging on. Okay, so they do use an E minor chord, right. I think. Which and is that a Dorian thing? Well, it would play the B. Am I remembering this right? Sorry. Yeah, that would play a B. So, okay, I, I see that. Okay, Fair okay. Enough. So it's probably in Dorian, then. That, that makes more sense. That does make sense. Do you know the Composer Brothers are also actually in Ocarina of Time? But you don't see them as ghosts, You right? do, actually. Do you? Yeah, so they're Who responsible they? for the Sun Song. Yeah, do you actually see them? You just fight them, I think, in the in the tomb, don't you? I don't remember. I didn't think so. Well, <laughs> that's the, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's the way she goes. What else do we have to say about this? Do you know Guru Guru is also an Oracle of Seasons, and the song I did. as well? Yeah, I played Oracle of Seasons a lot. Okay. Yeah, I have given, I've done the trade up quest and given him his phonograph, and gotten whatever it is you get from him. I don't remember what it is. Probably just a bag of shit. <laughs> I think that might be one of the things. I hey, might be thinking hey man, of a different game. It was this bag of shit. <laughs> Thanks, Sweet. Guru Guru. No, it's probably something cool. Not that a bag of shit's not cool. Don't get <laughs> me wrong. A bag of shit is tight. But uh, well, that's an interesting song. I've probably said that three or four times now. Well, but let's just verify that. Is the song interesting? Um. Well, let uh, I'll let you be the judge of that. I kind of like one thing about it. And mm-hmm. that is the, I like a few things about it, but one of the things I like about it <laughs> is like, it's kind of shape, like yeah. the way it, it progresses because it, we, there's the main riff that like, and then it goes up from there, like it kind of rises up and then sort of falls down, which makes me think of rain. Yeah. Like it kind of evaporates and then it's a cloud up there for a bit and then it comes down and it all happens very quickly, but it does kind of have that shape to it. And that's uh, kind of neat as well. Yeah, like in terms of when you play the song yourself, that fall comes basically after you've initiated the song. Mm-hmm. So that's like you've made the rainfall by playing the first bit. And then it comes back down. Yeah. Yeah, and then like even the background instruments, just like those, like the chords on the, is it an organ? Probably. Well, it's kind of like, yeah, it's just that low sound. Probably in a way. Yeah, like, like it's hard to tell. It's like a synthesized sound mm-hmm. from the N64 sound chip. Yeah, what it's is the what is the N64 like sound setup? I don't know anything about the N64 sound setup. You I know bastard. I I know I was talking about it on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I was hoping but you'd I don't have some I don't insight. know how it works on the N64. Um, I imagine. No, I'm not gonna make guesses. That's probably a bad idea. The only thing you're allowed to imagine here is dragons. I'm doing it right now. Just like Koji Kondo. And that one part of The Color of Magic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They imagine dragons. They imagine dragons. Which I did some research, and I don't think the band name is based on that, but supposedly the band has not 
identified where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. So I like to think that it's from that part of the color of magic. So apparently I'm just cruising through a, an IGN article here, but the N64 doesn't have a sound chip. Oh, what? It shares its workload with the coprocessor. Hang on. Let this guy rephrase that. The whole machine <laughs> does it because you can also make music with the CPU. Hmm. Cool. So it just doesn't have like a dedicated yeah. sound so chip. So essentially the, the higher graphic quality on your N64, the less performance you have left for its sound. I remember reading a rumor, and I don't think it's really true, or maybe it's just a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of how the N64 worked, but the rumor was that the N64 actually had, like, a 32-bit processor and a 32-bit sound processor or something, mm-hmm. and, like, because they combined it to make 64. Pretty sure that's not true, yeah. but, like, that was a rumor or something from back in the day. I remember reading that. Oh, it was probably... Maybe someone made it up. I don't know. That was probably something I heard on an old forum years ago. Yeah, I think those people are crazy. Can't oh, just yeah. Well, add, no, add they didn't. Numbers. They, they were. They were they... <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's add numbers. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what, are, what are you, a mathematician? No, this is video games. <laughs> this is video game uh, land. I think they introduced it as a rumor, but right. yeah, it's not something as far as I know that is true. That is true. Isn't. Okay, okay, okay. So let's talk about the, the we kind of talked about the composition already. There's the yeah. the background, like, deep bass foreboding shit. We got... doing the, It's just going, like, D, E, F, E. Like, it's just mm-hmm. going up and down, very close together. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got the, uh, the it's an accordion, I believe, right? It's definitely an accordion sound. Yeah. yeah I, if you play this on an accordion, it sounds real cool. That's doing the... Dun, 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 dun. Right. Dun. Well, they're like, mm, bum, bum, yeah. Mm, bum, bum. That's like very that kind of sound, the like root chord chord kind yeah. of thing. That's very accordion because of just how like the accordion's laid out. Because all the buttons on the left hand side, I should say, a piano accordion. Right. Where the right hand side is a piano keyboard, piano style keyboard. Uh, okay. And yeah. the left hand side is buttons. What are other kinds of keyboards? Like more like a concertina type type thing where like you have all buttons on both sides okay and i think th- i think there's one style where it's like it's diatonic in that like there, there's like two rows of buttons and if you just play up it'll be the key of c or whatever okay but you can probably yeah. get them in different keys and then a row of buttons beside that that is shifted up i think right. so like you have two diatonic series right so you can between them play all the notes mm, okay it's kind of like a I, this is my understanding. I could be wrong, but this is it's similar to a uh, uh, chromatic harmonica, where like if you just play without pushing the slide in, it'll be mm-hmm. just in C, and then if you put play with pushing the slide in, it'll be in C sharp. So right. Together you get all the notes. Uh, okay, and then you just kind of have to work the. You just slide have to go between them. Yeah, exactly. In that or with the the other one, you just switch between the sets. Yeah. Okay. So. So my knowledge is mostly of the of the piano accordion. So the way the buttons are laid out for the left hand is one column will be just the root of each each um, chord, mm-hmm. and then progressing outwards, you get a major chord, then a minor chord, then a seventh chord, then a diminished chord. So like you can play, and if you're playing it for a waltz or something like that, which is fairly common in accordion music, right. Um, you can get the like bum 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 kind of sound. So that's certainly if you go through the like Alfred accordion books, it's just a course. Then there's a lot of that, right? And that's 
That's basically what's going on on this. That's the sound that you get track. there. Yeah. With, with, of course, a few changes because it's and like changes the timing up a bit. That's but right. The same idea. Yeah. And then we get a uh, we get tambourine sounds for the percussion on this. Mm-hmm. Like a something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the exact pattern, and that does come back in a lot of the covers, but not not all of them. Some of them just substitute their own drum beats. And what else is yeah? And then we just got the uh, so the main riff changes. It's a it's supposed to be like an organ type sound on the first go round, and on the second set it's got like a kind of glockenspiel sound to it. On the original version, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. I was surprised because like we were talking about, we don't really know how the how the sound card worked mm-hmm. on the N sixty four, but it was still very much in the time where like. There were some heavy, heavy restrictions on what you could do yeah. in that. So nowadays, it's like, ah, orchestrate the whole thing. Don't worry about it. But yeah, it's it's always nice to hear that they do little things to make it sound different. Yeah. It's not just like a normal loop. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And you know what else? Um, what else? Oh, I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, something I was trying to think about when I when we when I was looking at this song, mm-hmm. I believe all of the ocarina songs from ocarina of time the songs you actually play mm-hmm. are based on like a pentatonic scale at least the parts you play right and then after that they can go outside of that so like the boo do obviously it's very simple in this case yeah but that fits within the minor pentatonic scale and then afterwards it goes outside of that right um so i was trying to think I was looking at the notes and like it's the whole thing, but it, the whole thing is not in that pentatonic scale to the point where that's not a good transition. Uh, I remember when I was young and super into this game, I like wrote down all of the ocarina songs right. and then realized that the staff they use in the game only has like five, like doesn't have as many lines on it right. as the one you would use if you were, say, learning piano like I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got really confused and like had no idea why. But I believe that's it. It's just because it's all based on pentatonic scales right. they can kind of get away with that and you couldn't find the down c button key on your yeah <laughs> where the fuck piano. is down c <laughs> you wrote them all down yeah on it was just like one piece of paper and then i folded it up so it was like kind of vaguely booked because it was like an or okay, a rectangle yeah. and i was like now it's a book so it's my songbook of time. of time and then i could unfold it and like it would have all the songs pretty fucking it. cool yeah i think i used an erasable pen because you know <laughs> Do we still have those? I don't know, but don't we know. did back then. Remember when they would offer like oh, they probably still have them, but like erasers with a pen erasing part on it, the blue part. Yeah, did that work? All it does is tear the fuck out of the paper, <laughs> so it makes the pen writing go away. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, I, there's gonna be probably some more. I don't know if this is the end of the like nostalgia trip section of the episode, but this is definitely a nostalgic uh, song. For yeah, this us. is. Uh... This is my childhood in a nutshell. Let's talk to another. Raining all the time period. and yeah. sad and kind of foreboding sad. Yeah, and also kind of like crazy. <laughs> a little crazy, <laughs> but mostly due to time paradox. Exactly. So we're going to move into our first cover, which is by Ifixa in the year 2011. DJ Ifixa. <laughs>
So this one, when I was talking to friend of the podcast, Jacob. Hell yeah. Uh, my roommate, one of my roommates. Um, he, this is the version he knew. So we were talking about it and we were like, let's listen to it. And then he said like, okay, Google, like play, it fix a song of storms. And I was like, okay. So he like knows this version. This yeah. is the dubstep remix. Yeah. This is 2011. Jacob and I were listening to this back in high school and just yeah. chilling in his car and smoking weed probably. Yeah. Probably this. And then like man on the moon. When Steven got there, yeah, that's a little bit of uh, Al, a little bit of a little bit of cover me lore. If yeah, you, you gotta check out uh, that's the our, pursuit our of happiness tie back. Yeah. You know? We didn't even have to kill anybody off. Yep. All right, so this is the DJ Afixa version. It is the dubstep remix, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, he's from Ontario. Canadian, Canadian eh? guy. Yeah. Neat. Super cool. Um, yeah, this is as far as dubstep goes. It's very tame. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, because I, I don't know dubstep as a genre that well, because it was popular when we were in high school, and I said, mm, no, thank you. I don't like popular things. I'm in high school, or something well, like that. Now you're super into dubstep. Now I'm super crazy. into dubstep, like crazy. So anyway, I don't know dubstep, is the point. So I was listening to it, and it did seem like this, like I didn't, wasn't sure what the like hallmarks of dubstep were right. that would define this as dubstep. It didn't feel as does that make sense yeah there wasn't a lot because it does a lot of like in your face like almost painful digital noises yeah and like short like dun, 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 dun. And this didn't really have that no so it starts off with the uh with just the main riff and it's all very everything's pretty quiet yeah, and there's like some drums, but they're really filtered out. Yeah, like really, uh, what kind of almost almost staticky, crunchy. That's the word I've used for them here. Ah. Real crunch on them. Yeah, and they almost got that like a sort of time distortion effect on them, where it's like I don't know how to describe it. Just like a heavy kick that does yeah. like a real like long um release. I think. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, like kind of a almost sustain, but it's fading. Yeah. So then we get to uh, what happens on this one. The big, like, big addition is this sort of, like, version of the main riff that has added notes into it. Yeah, there's kind of two versions of the of that riff mm-hmm. that they play throughout. Because it goes like... But it sticks to the main, like, motif of the, the three notes you play on the ocarina. Yeah, and it does, like, a bit of the... I don't think it does the whole melody mm-hmm. is that correct in this one I, i'm getting my electronic versions a little bit muddy in my head i think this one does like what are you what are we calling the like, whole melody yeah you might be and then right. again i don't think it does that fall down it does like the is that this version um you might be thinking of the VGR i think i'm thinking version. of a different version yeah anyway that's not this one okay yeah, yeah, so yeah. we'll worry about that later but um, yeah, it's basically there's two versions of the riff. One is the original, and then one is this sort of modified version. And that's basically what this version does: is just goes between them and then plays them at the same time and kind of weaves them in. So it's playing around with that. Exactly, and you get the big high energy lift where that that modified riff comes in. It's like yeah. you're like, oh shit, we're high energy, and then everything breaks about halfway through. And you go back to just the main riff on the very kind of very basic synthesizer. Right. And then it kind of comes back in with the other one as well. Yeah. There's a few like sort of like, you know, build drop type sections. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not that like 
there is a sort of anticipation because you yeah. know what's going to happen. But you can feel the anticipation, and there's kind of like anticipation and resolution sort of a yeah. system, but it's not like some dubstep which is so huge and like and then just becomes like this dance break with like really builds it up this one's got a much more condensed phase yeah. of build-ups and they're not not quite the classic dubstep like transitions it's, yeah like i said it's pretty tame and we it sort of mellows out to the main riff again at the end with drums that are a little heavier than what they were at the start though there's more bass kick going on yeah there. and the drums are throughout fairly heavy yeah um yeah you're really getting that kick as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh let's see if there's anything else there's a lot of like synth sounds in the background too so like there'll be like a sweep of this or that going on yeah and i mean it was really like the melody is the focus but there's also other stuff kind of filling out space yeah, absolutely. This one, for in terms of where I can picture it, is like you know when people would make those gritty, like fan-made, live-action, like Nintendo shows, like that Super Smash Bros. one that oh, yeah. used to be on the Escapist. Oh fuck! Yeah, I remember that. Like this would be in that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, it might actually have been in that. It's, it it could very possibly. Have I been think in the that. time frame is about right. Yeah. Maybe not quite. Been but it could have like been. a year of I would, each other. I would be, if you told me it was, I'd probably believe you. Yeah, but this this I could definitely see being in that sort of production. I'm nodding. I'm nodding in agreement. Which is I I, I like this version. I think it's I think it's what fun. What's that called? Super Smash Brothers. That was it. That's it. <laughs> That's the one. Hey, you know what's fucking crazy? What's fucking? We crazy? did a whole episode. Talking about Queen and David Bowie. I did not once do a David Bowie impersonation. Huh. Not Me once. Neither. Well, I'm not going to stop now. Stop <laughs> not doing that. I'd like to move on to the next song. <laughs> okay, I was for a second there. I was like, can I do a Mark Boland voice? No. Oh, let's just move on to the next song. <laughs> um, that's the Marcus Hedges Trend Orchestra. This is in 2013. So this is... They're like a pop culture cover orchestra. They do a lot of video game and like TV. Video game, TV, movie. Soundtracks. This is from the Ocarina of Time Symphony. Yeah, which if I looked at the album. It's actually the longest track on the album and it's just over a minute. Yeah. So these are pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Or it's a minute 23. One, two, three. That's the song hey, length. How about that? that. Um, uh, we, we start with like a, a it flute. Opens- yeah, is that the like morning sound? Sounds similar. I don't think it's let quite the a, same. Let me take a listen to that right now. But it has a similar sound. Like, kind of. Yeah. It's just kind of like two notes. It definitely <laughs> sounds like something that would play. Yeah. Like you were talking about the like that the light late motif. motif. Yeah. In Zelda, but I I don't know that it is exactly the same as anything that actually plays. Yeah. I wonder is this at the start of the album? At the end. Oh, okay. Well, I got nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this one starts with that, and we're, are we calling that a flute? Yeah, it sounds like a flute to okay. me. Okay. Then we get lightning strikes and some rain effects. Yeah, so there's some sound effects. Like this is a Riders on the Storm cover. <laughs> and no percussion on this one. 
Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Oh, there's a tambourine. Is there? I believe so. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> so this one this one does preserve the tambourine, tambourine. But it doesn't do, like, for an orchestra, mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. Yeah. This and it like did a... air quotes on the, that orchestra. But, like, it's, or does it say orchestra? Yeah, it says trend it says orchestra. orchestra. So it is a group of musicians, but it's not, like, huge. Yeah, it does not, not like have... you're getting like twelve flutes. Yeah, the scale. Of Maybe some you wouldn't have twelve flutes, but whatever. You could. You could. Um, but yeah, it seems like a smaller scale, I guess, orchestra. I don't know at what point it becomes an orchestra. Right. This is like a big band that you just have different instruments in. Yeah. Or a band. Or yeah, just a band. Um, just a, just a loose gathering of like musicians. A, like a large band. <laughs> um, and then and they have an accordion too. They come in with an accordion. Yeah. That's doing this, the accordion part. Like, yeah, this is the, pretty yeah. fucking faithful to the original. Although I think they have introduced, like, a cello or something playing the... Band, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the deep back, yeah. Yeah. Which I should point out, I didn't mention this before, but, like, that progression is, like, a my walk a diatonic walk-up okay. of a minor third. Oh. I don't know if that's the right words to say that, but you, you end up going a minor third from your root. Okay. And you're walking up the scale and then back down. So that's another little minor thing. Um, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah, the, so they got that going on. They got the cello, and they they do the similar thing to the original, where they add a different instrument. Right? Yeah, you mentioned. I noticed riff. it on this one. Yeah. It's like a chime or a glockenspiel or something. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I said. Some kind of chime or glock. Cool. And it gives that kind of kind of rain effect. I'm not sure it's the right type of rain for this song, though. It's more like a pitter patter than, like, than a too storm. Gentle. Yeah, maybe. Um, but they do have those rain sound effects. So That's true. So make that, up for that. That's how we know it's a big spooky storm. And this one's, you know, it's it's good. It's fine. It's respectable. Yeah, We've... they do a good job. It sounds good, but it's like very straight. Yeah. And just like, it, and that's not so bad. That's not so bad because we'll, we're gonna experience a lot of them that just kind of veer heavy off the path from the original. Speaking of not that effect, Smooth McGroove. Smooth McGroove. Also 2013, he's back. He did a acapella version of Phoenix Wright's Objection. This is his thing. This is what he does. He, he does, does acapella yeah, versions. Of video game songs. Maybe other things too. Um, maybe I don't know. He for sure does like his big draws the video game pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does the like the backing parts, like the the minor walk up and the accordion part, pretty much. Actually, not the accordion part. I'm thinking the percussion. He does those two parts pretty much bang on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got that deep bass sound. He's doing the low voice. Yeah, he does some or whatever the pattern is. It's like not quite that. Something yeah, like that. I think this forum. Anyway, yeah. So he does that sound. It's all yeah. Again, it's a straight, straight cover, but he's with his mouth. It's with his mouth. It's like so. It's kind of impressive, but also like, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Some people maybe. Some people maybe. I and mean, he clearly has a following, and he clearly does a good job of this yeah. kind of stuff. He always does his videos where it shows his head. Yeah. Like so it's him doing times. each part, which is neat to watch. And uh, I just like, because the worst part about this is he can never do this 
like live. Yeah, it's not. It's it's definitely recorded. It's not performed. He would yet. need to. He would need a a bunch of loopers, or like people. Yeah. Then he's yeah, not, maybe you he, could just you could just loop, keep adding. Yeah. But then you could only play like you couldn't like change. But I you, guess that's the limitation of loop pedals. So whatever. Yeah, I guess. This one is like. Like, I talked about this on the last one, where it kind of doesn't have that storm feel due to the Glock, but this one, when you got a guy going to be like, a doop bop scabada hoop bop He doesn't quite do that. <laughs> so it's like, it's this upbeat, like... Ba-ba-bum! Ba-ba-bum! Get that weak mess out of here. This isn't a storm now. Storm, it's a tongue storm? I don't want to continue with that thought. <laughs> Don't talk to me about tongue storms. <laughs> it's uh like we need like like I said the backing parts of this are good. I have no problems with them, but we need advancements on acapella melody technology because it all just sounds like this fucking like stupid air guitar. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I feel like may are we? I don't know if we're missing something on acapella. I feel like it. I don't know what the advancement of acapella. What's what's prog acapella sound like? I'd probably just getting a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone criticizes them for like. Uh, it'd be like it'd be like it'd be like Bob Dylan going electric, and then he'd be like, "Ah, what's the? We're just trying to express ourselves. It's still acapella. We're just playing with a guitar. Maybe because yeah, maybe they should do like voice modulation stuff to maybe." So I and they do that do you, that sometimes. Yeah. We do hear that. Like, give me something. I need something grungier on this. Yeah. Spookier. It is definitely not super duper foreboding when when you just have the voice sounds. Because they are quite pleasant sounds. Mm-hmm. So, way to go, Smooth. You have a nice voice. This was definitely a smooth McGroove. Yeah. But I don't know if that's what we needed for this. Probably, almost certainly not what we needed. But is it what anyone needed? I don't know. Has anybody, have you ever just been like talking to your coworkers like, man, I can't wait to fucking listen to some acapella well, when I get home? Every once in a while you'd be talking to someone and then they don't know your prejudices against yeah. certain genres. And they'd be like, I heard the best acapella cover version of the song. And they're like, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> did you really? <laughs> every once in a while a it pops bar. up. <laughs> and, uh my experience ah, fuck that fuck and then this. you're like i don't want to be a dick and be like fuck that and you're like acapella is trash though <laughs> but uh you know you just kind of nod along and try to change the subject oh yeah where you're like before they're like let me show it to you you're like no please don't pull out your phone please yeah, uh, put that thing away not now please but hey you actually have people. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever done it with acapella, but sometimes they'll, it'll be like that. I'll be like, let's share this video with you. I'm like, I don't want to see that like, video. No, thank you. I'm full. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had quite enough. <laughs> I've had enough. And we have had enough of this song. Yeah, it's 50 seconds long. We gave it too much time. Let's talk about Marcus D. And Retroed. Is this and Retroed? No, that that's the name of the oh, that's the name of the, the album. The album. Okay, this is in 2014. He's from Retro. Seattle. He's a hip hop producer. He lives in Tokyo. That's right. 
and um, this one starts off with a. This is a straight sample of the Ocarina. Yeah. From Ocarina of Time, right? Blue, blue, blue. And then we get this main riff that kind of sounds like it's you know when you play like a a record like too fast or it's like wobbly. Yeah. It's got that kind of sound effect on it. Sounds. Which part are you talking about? Sorry? Just right off the bat, right after the Ocarina goes in. Yeah, it's kind of like a lo-fi. I wrote down like a lo-fi sounding synth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if lo-fi is the right word because I don't fully understand what lo-fi means. Low fidelity. Oh, of course. <laughs> I got you, bro. <laughs> yes, I will. I will hang loose. Thank you very much. <laughs> to reference something you did visually that cannot be heard through the microphone. It can be felt though. <laughs> <laughs> shaka shaka. Shaka, shaka shaka. So. So yeah, it plays the that sample and then it goes into the the synthesizer and um this it's like a the chords are on like it's like a carnival organ sound. Mm-hmm. And another thing I noticed because of the headphones, it's like constantly panning back and forth. Okay. I was listening to this one through my TV, so I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a like it it gives that like weird vibe that is kind of present in the original, particularly yeah. given the character it sort of is tied to. He's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. You get some of that going on. Um, then the drums kick in a little, and we get the more like just a traditional kind of sounding synth. Yes, it gets like different drums, and it's a little bit more yeah traditional. Yeah. That's a good word. I like that word. It's just like it's not like a crazy sounding synth. It's just like you know it's synthetic. Yeah, that's, that's sounds, it, sounds like a synthesizer. Exactly. And then the bass, I think, sounded a little more filtered to me after that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if that's significant, but it's a little bit more in the background yeah. and now. The synth line's got a little echo on it. It's the touch. Is there's a second synthesizer, right? Yes. So like when they play, when they play the riff the second time, they mm-hmm. change the synthesizer. It sounds a little more softer. Mm-hmm. And it's got that echo. Does the first one have the echo as I well? I don't think so. The first okay. one's pretty straight, and then we get a more echoey version. Um, the accordion riff dips out occasionally on this, just, just sometimes. I don't know what to make of that, but it do. It do. <laughs> it, it do dip. It do. I didn't even notice that, so. It's apparently, I did notice that, like, yeah, it, it's not always there. But I don't, is that, does that build intrigue? I don't know. Like, where did the accordion go? Oh, <laughs> where is it? I don't know. I don't know because it took me like a few times listening to even pick up on that. I would say if we want to talk about uh, the like the real interesting part about this song, at least what I enjoyed most, is when he does this little call and response section with the Ocarina of Time sample, and mm. then the uh, his instruments uh, almost almost harpy sounding like synth line. It goes like do 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 do, and then the bit goes ding 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 ding. Oh yeah, yeah, here we are. Yeah, uh, the accordion version, and then the the softer. It's I believe the same synthesizer that's echoing. Okay, yeah. I think the softer one, like yeah. kind of, they like go back and forth, and yeah, they kind yeah, of yeah. play in between each other, and it fills in the blanks. Yeah. That's what I wrote. I don't know. You say? Did you say call and response? Yeah, I, yeah. So that's yeah, basically that. what it is. Call. Yeah. You call and response. response. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, we get a bass. We get a more prominent bass at the call and response bit. Or just a bass. I just wrote a bass. Every note I have read to you so far, you look in panic at your notes. Well, I know. I'm always <laughs> like, because I don't like remember super specifically all the parts. So I'm like, do I have anything about that? Do I have something to add? <laughs> yes, there's definitely like the, the, the bass line and the tambourine keeps going too. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, re- are the regular drums gone? 
Um, the other drums, the non-tambourine the drums? The other drums? Oh, no, they're still in. They're still there, yeah. They're and it's primarily there. kick drums with a, yeah. a snare hit occasionally. Yeah. And then, but it, like, keeps that tambourine going through. Yeah, we get that tambourine throughout. Um, I've written something here. It brings in a synth line. This would be closer to the end that kind of runs like a, like a counter harmony to the main riff. Like it's just doing some shit while the other one's going. Yeah, that one sounded like like a simpler like wave. Yeah. That one, and I know, as far as like, audio shorthand for video game goes, doing like those kinds of simple waves, are pretty much the way to do it. Like you introduce a sound that sounds like it could be from like old school chip tunes. Right. And. like obviously that's not what kind of game this is, but it's still older, and uh, and I think that's kind of the sound they they bring in. Okay, so that's kind of like their role is to be like it's video game music, yeah, like to make it sound like video game right. music. Okay, interesting. This one does a good job, I've thought, of kind of attaching pieces to the original riff, just like. Having them kind of hang out because, like, the backbone of this piece is still, but then there's like, you know, he does his own kind of weird shit that kind of hangs onto it. Give an example of that. I will give you an example of that by playing this because my mind is a fart. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Right. And that's that more, I what I identified as a simpler synthesizer. Yeah, so I it's guess it's not super video gamey. No, it is simpler though, but it implies video gaminess, I in, think, in a sense. Yeah, I think so. Like, like if somebody hears that, they're like, eh, like a video game. Like, you're right in that. And it's obviously, it doesn't sound like the Ocarina of Time soundtrack. Yeah, because <laughs> that's not even that sound. That's not even that sound, but... um, Not the, like, chiptune sound. But no, yeah, you're right. That the, does some, like, extra little bits mm-hmm. with that, kind of with the melody. Yeah, which is, I say, it's sim- so similar to DJ Affix's piece. Right. Where it kind of, like, it really does focus on the main riff, but it attaches its own little... Little stylings off. It just of that. doesn't really do it until the end. Yeah, that's what I have to say about this one. Yeah, and then there's um, like it's pretty chill. This some one. more sound effects at the end. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty chill version. Um, definitely, especially like that second synthesizer that sounds very soft. It's kind of mm-hmm. got that echo on it. Kind of, yeah, it's got that that uh, it feels a little chill, but not like super chill. Not like super chill, but like it's a little chill. There's still like a little mystery going on, yeah. you know. Yeah, let's talk about. I fucking lost my my mark here. We just did Marcus D. Let's talk about the greatest bits. Twenty fourteen. These are this is another guy who does a lot of video game covers. Yeah, he was on our Phoenix Wright episode too. He's mm-hmm. just one dude, despite being bits. I guess he is made of of many bits. He yes. He contains multitudes. He's full of bits. <laughs> Congratulations, guy whose name I didn't look up. Yeah, I fucking. Forgot. I went to his website. Me and I too. Forgot to look up his name. Let's Maybe it's see. not on there, but his face is. So you'd think anyway. Yeah, so this um, one's got like a Hyrule Castle energy to it, almost like really? Link to the Past. Very, like, imperial sounding. Interesting. It definitely has, like, like when it starts off, there's, like, that, mm, like, synth sustain-y sound, like, yeah. in the background. Yeah. There's, there's kind both of has a, that. There's a high sustain at the start and this yeah. sort of, like, low bass the low, yeah, there's noise. Two. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of an interesting, 
interesting uh, introduction. Yeah. And then has like that harp sound. Yeah. It does one... like a run up, like a harp strum type sound, mm-hmm. and then starts playing the melody. Yeah, and later in the piece, we get uh, harp arpeggios going on as mm-hmm. well. Not that much later, though. No. Pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. And the drums do a lot more work in this than I would have expected. They kind of do a, it's like kind of a, just a more complex rock beat. Throws in some extra kicks and kind of. Mm-hmm. Th- this one, does this one have like a tambourine? Because a lot of them I don't. I don't think so. I think this one is tambourine-less. But yes, I mean, now that you've just played it for us, yeah. I definitely get that Hyrule Castle feel. Yeah, right? And I don't know exactly what that is, but it might be a particular type of chord or something. Yeah, and just kind of like, yeah, it's just like, I don't know the tone of the instruments. Yeah. It gives that vibe. And what else I have to say about this is we get some like weird breaks in this one that are kind of like a just like just digital noise, I guess. It's like, yeah, kind of yeah. yeah, just like goes low and fucks around for a bit. Yeah, just I'm trying to remember what I called them. Just like a break or an interlude of some kind. Yeah, essentially. And that just happens a couple times. And, it, like, it doesn't resemble any Zelda music. Like, other pieces we'll talk about bring in Zelda's lullaby. And right. this one is just its own thing. Just something different. Makes entirely, a little break. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a nice little change of pace. Yes, I called it an overdriven synth sound. Okay. It's an interlude. So it's a little more, yeah, sounds a little more overdriven Like, it does things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it has those inter- those those other alternate sections and a lot of them do try to introduce sort of an alternate section especially yeah. the, the like more dance remix yeah, side yeah, of yeah, things yeah. which i don't know that that was what this was going for necessarily but no i would i didn't get a dance yeah vibe i didn't get a dance this. vibe so but it was uh it was, it was an it was a change because this one's got some like this one's a real heavy one in terms of just, i mean like feeling you get off of it right? well definitely if you're looking at like Hyrule Castle themes usually it's like this is because like the, a climax yeah. right so like you're it's got this feeling of like nervousness all at the same time but also this kind of like epic like this is the showdown kind of feel. yeah so it adds that to what is not that really kind of a, the like stormy foreboding feeling but yeah it's interesting yeah it's a, it's a different take on on a sort of storm right mm-hmm yeah, this one I did like this one, and it is one of the longer versions. Uh, um, what else does it do on this? It's got, it's got a fade out at the end, which I thought was weird. Right. There's also a violin we didn't mention. <laughs> yeah, is there? Um, is I that the one so. doing the the low it's parts a very in the back or high sound? Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure I wrote down a high violin, or it sounds like a violin. And uh, so, oh yeah, it's like sometimes follows the melody and sometimes does its own thing. Ah. So it's almost similar to the dubstep version, the effects right. version, where like you kind of have these different melodies weaving in and out of each other. Mm-hmm. But it's more like just another instrument that sometimes follows and sometimes does its own sometimes thing. Sometimes does its own thing. Yeah. yeah, I think I think a lot of versions get a lot from doing that, from like kind of weaving their own shit through the main piece, like keeping that there. Yeah. So it's like you. You're not abandoning the original melody, the original song. Yeah. You're just adding to it and like trying to work with it. Exactly. And it's an interesting sound. And yeah, like you said, it does seem to work. Yeah. In, in, a, in a few cases. This one, was, uh, this one was interesting. I don't know if I got much else to say about it. No, I think that's all for me. 
All right, let's jump into uh, Moises Nieto. Moises Nieto. I don't know. This he's is Spanish. The, That's what I know. He's not the women's fashion brand. <laughs> uh, based in Madrid, founded in 2011 uh, by a designer of the same name. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if he he might be that designer. He could. For be. all we know. Um. So this is a 2015 piece. It's. Oh, uh, one more thing. He likes plaid. Oh, he likes plaid. According to his pictures, in which he's wearing plaid. Oh, okay. I saw one picture of him in plaid. I don't know who's a trend. I saw. Too. Oh wow! So <laughs> that's a hell of a trend. Different plaid too. So, so this is our uh, piano only cover. Yes, but- it's a very bright piano sound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty straightforward cover. This is pretty straightforward. He gets all the main pieces in there. He repeats it a couple times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really basic. He, he does change the octave of the main riff near the end there for goes, variance. Go goes a little deeper. Deeper at the end. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I did not notice that. Took me a few tries. So, I mean, he's no Peter Bentz. No, it's not like it's not like those. Those are like pretty extreme covers, though. Yeah. This was. I mean, it's it's perfectly fine playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the piano sound is decent. Yeah. But it's really not much. There's really not much to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it doesn't blow me away in any way. It's like it's good. He played good piano. He do play good piano. He played good piano, real real fine. Let's talk about VGR in 2018. Yeah, and these guys actually covered the promise. Are they these guys? They're uh, are they a collective? I don't know. I thought it was just one dude. I found, one dude. I found their Twitter and their uh, music producing furry. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Their words, not mine. <laughs> okay. All right. So my joke kind of didn't work there. They actually yeah, sorry. Covered... <laughs> let's, let's jump back to that joke. <laughs> they actually covered the promise. He actually covered the promise. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a Wii Sports theme. It's, it's Wii Sports. It's a Wii Sports theme, everybody. You sent it to me, though, and I was waiting for it to just throw that in. <laughs> I was like, is, is he going to do it? <laughs> Did but it. this is a video game remix. I believe that's what VGR stands for. That would be my guess as well. Or remixes. Um, so it starts off with the main riff, and we get these background keys that almost sound like they could be from a Phoenix Wright song. Yeah, this is this version is like very like electronic focused. And I know yeah. a lot of them have been, but this one, some of them have will have like now there's a like violin or like an, a synthesizer that sounds like an instrument that exists right. in real life. Versus this is, like, electronic. Yeah, this one hits heavy on the electronic. We also get, like, just piano in this. Okay, that's that's <laughs> true. I'm talking out of my ass. But, like, an echoey piano. Um, And we get a sort of slow build to... Because this is really a dance piece. When you were talking about electronic dance pieces, like, right. this is the one I think you had in mind. And this one is much more dubstepy than than uh, the Affixa version. We get more... You think so? Yeah, I, I, more particularly in the background noises, we like the rhythm parts, we get some of that noise i associate with dubstep they're like yeah yeah you know so, so dubstep like, and if any version were to appear in the new uh, crypt of the necro dancer game like it would be this one i think oh yeah the uh what is it cadence of hyrule, cadence of hyrule. i was gonna say rhythm not quite not quite Close. i'll say this this one has two parts that aren't 
uh, Song of Storms, and they take up a majority of the song, I feel. Yeah, this one does change. Like, this is not actually that much of the Song of Storms. Yeah. Um, And it... It is so. There's a section that's kind of like their own thing, right? Yeah, and that's the like sounds you're talking. It's like about. A, that one's like the generic kind of adventure track. It sounds like almost electronic. And then there's another part that's where Zelda's lullaby. This is Zelda's lullaby. Yeah, which is kind of neat. And that part like slaps. It's <laughs> like I like yeah. that part. <laughs> but why is it here? Yeah, I'm curious why they chose to name it Song of Storms mm-hmm. when it's. I mean. I maybe it's it's I don't even I guess it's mainly song it starts on the song of storms, but it does have a lot of other stuff. In yeah, it. it really like I I'm almost surprised it's not just a medley piece. Like throwing a few more Zelda songs, you throw one more other Zelda song, it's really not song of storms you got anymore. Zelda medley, yeah, or maybe whatever you got you a medley wanna... going. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh yeah I don't think it ever. This is the one I think that does not finish the main melody. Yeah, like it doesn't play the. Yeah. Like it does the, but I think that's as far as it goes. Um, and that's probably fine. Maybe that's better for dancing too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like this one's kind of a jam. Like it's yeah, it's upbeat. It's it's got a lot of lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, it's the most danceable version we've heard yet. Not that that means. Much? Not that that means much. Because the other ones weren't like dance versions? Yeah, not particularly. But I do have a question. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure this version repeats itself halfway yeah. through. Oh, absolutely. Is that just like a thing you do in a dance song to be like, okay, this is the song. We're going to do it again. Now you know what's going to happen? Yeah, do probably, you, right? Because like, it seems reasonable. That's... Or like, did you have fun? You can do that one more time. Like, yeah, I, it sounds... Oh, yeah, that's theoretically the success of dance music, right? Yeah, of, like, you know what's going to happen, so you can dance along. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm just curious. I never really thought of it that way before. But yeah, that makes sense, right? Otherwise, because this one is about five minutes, right? It's longer. I didn't... I wrote down the time for some of them, but not Yeah, this one. I think this one is... Yeah, this one's five minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah, which it's probably... I think it repeats itself, like, exactly. Yeah, I guess that's why this one's so long. Um, and what I have to say is, like, it's a good track. It's not, not the greatest Song of Storms track, though. Yeah, it's weird. It, it doesn't really feel like that much Song of Storms is in this version. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm moving on to talk about Mikkel and Game Chops in 2018. Yeah. So Mikkel is goddamn near impossible to find on the internet because he chooses to go by just a first name. Fucking Jagweed. I found him, though. You found him? Yes. So I, I found because I went to Game Chops. I checked Game Chops Twitter feed, scrolled through it until I found Mikkel on it. And then Bingo Bango, he's a hip hop producer. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for enriching our lives. No kidding. And the podcast. So Game Chops finding that information. Is a, the Game Chops is a record label specifically for video game remixes. And they go through like the okay. steps to get the licensing for the songs they use and stuff. So okay. their whole thing is like a real above board operation. So they can make a profit off it and still be given given royalties or royalties do all that shit. Yeah, so I assume this is music like you put together like for a playlist so if you're like alexa play video game chill 
Yeah. She can find it. It's referred to a machine as she. Crazy. They've got us, man. They've got us. Um, yeah, and this is the like, or uh, the way I think of this is, it's the like video game equivalent of like lo-fi hip hop beats to study slash. That relax. is exactly like, what I that. have written down. <laughs> it's just, it's just a slightly different version of that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, the, like the, it's off an album called Zelda and Chill. And yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's lo-fi hip hop to study to. So what we get on this one, it starts with rain noises, which is classic like study relax music yeah. trope. And then we get uh this kind of interesting percussion. Yeah, the the rhythm in this one is different. Yeah, it's they like kind of swing it. And it's like a the noises are like a Oh. Because it's, it's like the it's like a fucking I don't like know what it is. Filtery type sweep thing. I or? don't think. I think it's like a like an like a stomp kind of sound effect. You know, not as in stomping with your feet, but as in the musical group. Oh, it sounds like breaking glass. Yeah. Or like tap. Or like I I've, I've said it's like working with like dishes, like washing dishes in a kitchen, right? Yeah, like if you wanted to do a musical piece, like if you had a musical. Yeah. Where it had a scene set in like a restaurant or a kitchen. You would make that sound when you were going through and like play forks on the glasses. Yeah, exactly. That's the sound. So that's the sound <laughs> like it's plates, making. Like like cutlery and and like dinnerware percussion. Yeah, that's like like that one episode of uh, fucking Flight of the Concords where they just like start hitting things and like oh yeah, <laughs> their, like landlord comes in and is like guys keep it down. <laughs> that's right. What a good thing. So yeah, that's probably the biggest draw in this piece is that percussion for me because it's like interesting and it is kind of the chillness yeah it adds to the chillness in like a yeah weird way. I, I should mention i don't know how it sounded when we said it but i don't have anything against lo-fi hip-hop beats no i'm all slash relax too because sometimes i need to study slash relax so that helps fucking a. Uh, and this is that but a song i already know that's right so it it's it's a it's a good thing. And I guess it's chill. I guess this is what chill is. Yeah. So instead, of, chill. instead of an accordion, we get, I believe it's an organ doing that. The, yeah, it sounds like an organ. Yeah. Which, and like, listening to this, I can almost picture like a whole different indie game. Just sounds like you, you'd be meeting some weird shopkeeper. I don't have well, like a specific yeah. game I in mean, mind. The thought, the, the album artwork yeah. is like rainy night, like cafe. And then you can see Lincoln Zelda yeah. in the cafe through the window. So it almost like noir. Yeah. But like maybe not noir. Is do you think that's the right like uh like I don't know what you Yeah, kind of. It's like a kind of Definitely has a more urban feeling. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be set in Hyrule and you know, past like medieval. It feels more yeah, it modern, feels more I guess. Modern. Not just because of the synthesizers and beat, but maybe. Yeah, but you know, there's something going on with it. Yeah. It's got that like nighttime vibe. Yeah. It's got that late night vibe. Oh. Oh yeah. We're coming, coming up to next. our final hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh and like it's technically faithful to the original in terms of instrumentation for the most part. All of the bits yeah. and pieces are there. They are, but they are uh, like time the shifted a bit cuz yeah. like the timing is not quite the same. Right, cuz it goes like Yeah, you're right. There's just like a little bit of different phrasing. It's cool. It's enough I almost wonder if that hurts its ability to yeah. be chill because now you have a it's recognizable melody but the rhythm is different 
And maybe it depends on the person, but I feel like that could be distracting. Right. If it's, it's like, not something that you're familiar with. Like when you find a YouTube video where they've slightly sped up the track. And you're so. like, what the fuck is wrong with this? <laughs> yeah, it's nightmarish. Yeah. but And maybe that just depends on the person. Yeah, it could be. I didn't get that vibe from this one. Like, it didn't irritate me. But No, it didn't. I'm also I, in I'm just... this to, like, very specifically to listen to a music and be like, this is different. Yeah, I'm just curious if that would happen. I don't know if it would. Yeah. This happened to you if you listen to this piece and it gave you terrors. Hashtag, hey, I listened to this piece and it gave me terrors. <laughs> at cover, uh, no, not at cover me pod, at Jake the Cressy, that's J K E T H E C R E S S Y. Also, hashtag cover me pod. Yeah. Get in touch, let us know. And participate. Participate. Well, well I mean, if you participate, we would we would respond because. It's not like you're going to get lost under a deluge of responses. Yeah. It's, I mean, unless John Bell responds first, because we'll probably talk to him first. You might be delayed, but hey. Hey, we'll get to you. Yeah. Yeah, This. Uh, I think we kind of summed this one up. I think so. I'm just going to see if there's anything else that I thought was kind of neat about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a few. It's like the other ones where there's a few like extra little melody bits added. Right. The organ does yeah. a few extra little things. Adds a couple notes here and there. Presumably chill thing. I think it stays mostly chill. chill throughout. It made me feel cool and uncomfortable. Um, and then there's like near near to the end. Uh near to the end there's like a, a, a change in the sound that plays the melody. I don't know if it's a filter thing right. or if it's a different instrument. But yeah. So but stays chill. It stays chill. It stays chill. Maybe it picks up a bit at the end, but it stays chill. It's chill. It's chill. It's chill. It's chill. It's chill. And then I realized after I'd gone through the whole thing that I had been making references to a bass, but it was the organ playing okay. very low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my final note of like, anytime I wrote bass, change with organ. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is our so chill that's version. That. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about Rishad E.B. in 2019. We've also seen before. Yeah, this guy did uh, Take On Me. He did the yeah. He's a guitar player. So. Yeah, so he does metal covers yeah. of he's like he's the smooth McGroove of metal covers, metal but just covers. for all kinds of music rather than yeah. Just he game has stuff. a lot of stuff. It is metal. I can confirm this version is metal. It's definitely metal. I hmm. And I'll say the main riff like it rips on a with metal guitar. It sounds good. Yeah, it's got a decent like metal tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the guitar. And then we get some wild ass drums on this. They're going all over the place. They're like double kick metal drums. Mm-hmm. It's very metal. It's got a lot of metal sounds. And this is the other piece that also has Zelda's lullaby right, in the but middle of it. It's kind of a bit different, right? It doesn't actually play the Zelda's lullaby. Yeah, it, go, it does that. Yeah. yeah, so it plays the like yeah, it plays the the second part. So it's yeah. almost a little bit hidden. Almost. Yeah, because I had to, I had to fucking Google, and I was like, it's, I know it's from uh, like Zelda. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to say it's Zelda's lullaby, but I think it is. Yeah, it's part of, and I think it's part of her theme as well, which yeah. might just be Zelda's lullaby. Which is, yeah, just her lullaby. But with more. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I was thinking, I was like, ah, he's just stripping out the one part, and then I realized that sounds like exactly something that I would do. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, take the recognizable part, then no one recognizes it, and then we have a fun time. Mm-hmm. And no one gets it. That's the best kind of joke, right? Yes. The one no one gets. The more obscure it is, the better. So that's how I live my life, and uh, I respect this man for doing the for same. Doing that, yeah. It's. I would have liked to see more. Again, like I don't think we needed to have Zelda's lullaby in this. Fair enough. I would have liked to see more Song of Storms focus and more like what like other people did, where they build their own shit off the original. I would have loved to hear some kind of solo that rips within the lines of Song of Storms. Mm. That'd be cool. This one doesn't feel super like foreboding in that same way mm-hmm. to me either. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly why that would be. Maybe it has to do with like the way the guitar sounds or something. Yeah, because it's just like there is no foreboding because it's right there. It's like, very it's... like, well, the guitars are so like layered. Yeah. And, like there's so much sustain that I feel like that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I, don't know, I feel like we shout on this guy last time too. Yeah. But... And it's like, it's good. It's good. It's good. I just, yeah, and and maybe that's if that's not your your goal, whatever. But I feel like there's like really dark metal guitar sounds, mm-hmm. and that's just not his sound. So, I don't know. Yeah, like, and like we could go for the high flying metal, but I want it to be Song of Storms related, like with the greatest bits and with the uh, fucking Marcus D and with the fixie. You're like, oh shit, they did cool things within the parameters. Of what makes song, what sounds like Song of Storms, whereas yeah. I feel like we just throw in a lot of kind of generic metal builds in this one, and there's a solo, but it's not really Song of Storms related. I don't hear it and go, "That's right." A cool it's take just like we did a metal Storms. song, so of course there's a guitar solo. Yeah, it's right. Just we so need like, to fill space, and the other ones are like we added this extra thing and like kind of did it again. Mm-hmm. So like it's not just the solo; it's like part of the song. Yeah, like a motif, maybe. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but. Whatever, but it's it's in that vein of thought, like yeah. it's around that area. Yeah. So you add your own thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, back in like high school, I feel like I listened to, you know, I always get like, oh, video game like remix, video game covers, they're yeah. metal. So I like listen to a lot of them, and now I'm like, oh, it's just a metal video game cover, whatever. Yeah. Like we've done this like... before. Like, oh, Brinstar sounds super cool. All right, fine. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, and I think part of it is Mario Kart Eight. Because like, there's like the like F Zero music. Mm-hmm. I had listened to that the like metal version of that, and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then in Mario Kart Eight, there's the like jazz fusion version yeah. where you just get this like ripping sax solo, and I'm like, I think I like that better. Yeah, that version slaps so fucking hard. So maybe that's a bad comparison because one is like a bunch of professional jazz musicians in yeah. a professional environment versus like. A guy in yeah, just you know. some like guy doing um like they're prof- kind. I don't know how professional music if they're professional yeah, musicians I'm, in the version I listen to. Even just the scale of production value, though. But yeah, they don't have Nintendo like Nintendo has money you to do. And... Yeah. So maybe it's not a fair comparison, but yeah. definitely, um, I'm less interested in hearing like it's just a metal cover. Yeah. Versus even if it's just a. Apparently, jazz fusion cover just because it's the Mario Kart 8 soundtrack, and that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, I'm more into that. I don't know. Yeah, but it, like it does something more because it, I don't know, it brings in a. It's it's got a real strong feeling. I don't know yeah, what it, it is. It, well, because it attaches so directly to what you experience during the race. Like everything in the Mario Kart 8 soundtrack is built around how you hear it 
as you're racing, which right. makes it more than just a genre cover. Right. I guess, yeah, it's, it's not the same as just listening to a cover because you're also playing the game. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's like that interactive aspect. Yeah. To it. So it's totally not a fair comparison. But hey. But hey, like, what you are can, you going to do? You can still do that, I think, with you could make a metal cover that pulls and makes your brain think of those moments in the yeah. game, right? I think this version had some potential that it didn't quite reach. What I would have loved is because I feel like a metal version is really great for getting into the tortured mind of the phonograph man, of Guru Guru. Oh. And when you play the song Storms to him as a child, he fucking starts speeding it up, right? And getting angry and pissed. Mm-hmm. And so I would have loved to see them just kind of speed this up at one point. Do like some insane metal tapping on it. Right, because there are different speeds of the song. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Definitely, one thing, now that you brought that up, I don't think we've seen or picked up on mm-hmm. any of the songs actually using that time paradox to their advantage. Yeah. Because like you mentioned, that would be a way of kind of interestingly bringing the narrative into the song mm-hmm. and having that aspect uh, or, or, or working the, like, the actual character of Guru Guru into it, of this character who like, has been, for whatever reason, tortured by this song for his whole life because he's just a weirdo. And yeah. he like, fixates on this one thing. And, and that would be something interesting to bring into the song. I don't think we see it in any of these versions. Yeah, it's the really... I don't even know how you would do that. I don't know, right? It's <laughs> Maybe it's impossible. But I do think that, like you said, speeding it up, which we do actually see in the next version, mm-hmm. but not in that way, I don't think. No, it's more... Because I would say the next one is... Honestly, I wrote down it could be a Mario Kart 8 track. Yeah, it has that kind of feeling. Maybe a little less like race energy, but yeah. because it's not a racing song. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a good segue. Yeah, let's talk about Insane, insane in, in the, the Rain, rain. music. Which, I mean, that's... Insane in the brain! <laughs> that's not a bad uh, band name for covering the Song of Swords. Yeah. So I actually found... The, that's true. I found these guys because I was looking for a game piece, and I was originally going to do... Uh, what the fuck is the one from? The Persona 5 battle theme I was going to do. Oh, cool. And But the problem with that is everybody does it so close to the original. Really? Yeah, it's all that kind of like funk jazz vibes. Interesting. So there's not like a bunch of different genre changes or anything? No, not yet. And hmm. if you guys are out there and looking to do video game covers, I'd love to see some hot takes on that. Yeah, I mean, Persona's got some good music. And I'm surprised it didn't inspire more interesting covers. Yeah. some real interesting music. And it's like, I would be curious to see how the Persona 5 dancing game has handled that track, because it's got to be on there, right? Um, so the Persona 5? combat music you're talking about yeah okay i never see it come on i didn't play persona 5 i haven't played it yet so i don't know that track in specifically uh and i but i did play persona 4 dancing all night yeah the remixes in that are like decent but they're not like total reimaginings they're like okay a little more dancey that's what i find yeah so that's why i looked for these guys but so you found them... I found them looking for the Persona 5 battle music. And like, they, did they have a version of that? Yeah, they did. It was pretty close to the original. And then I saw their name when I was looking Song Storms. I was like, damn, might as well throw them on. Yeah. So these guys yeah. are... Essentially, Insane in the Rain is just one dude. That specifically refers to him. And he is a okay. saxophonist and pianist. But he clearly has more than just him on this track. Yeah, this is clearly a, an ensemble. Yeah. 
What's up, guys? It's Jake from the Less Distant Past. I just uh, took a look at the music video for this song. And yeah, it's all one dude. And Sam Lorraine's just one guy, and he plays all the instruments. So uh, we were wrong. So a this, jazz ensemble. A jazz ensemble. We open with the accordion riff. And then we get a sort of uh, like funky guitar riff. Yeah. Then the drums are doing like some jazzy drums. Mm -hmm. You know, they sound jazzy. You know how jazz drums. Oh, yeah. I know how jazz drums. You know do. how. This one is like, uh, and then we get a bass guitar doing a variation on the, the accordion riff as well. What's it doing? Do you so it's pretty much the same, but like, you know, just like a little different. Like timing is different? Yeah, I think the timing's different okay. on it. Okay. And the sound, the, the guitar sound is like very like soft jazz guitar sound. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is it still an electric guitar? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But like, it's very like rounded. rounded. I don't know how. <laughs> That's not a sound word, but. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it's, it any is better. It, is it contoured? Maybe. Yeah. I, I'd have to look up what contour is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have an mm. option for it on my base. Amp, Sound is hard to describe. I still sometimes. don't know what to do. It it contours. So this one's like seven minutes long. Six forty-seven. It makes your bass look like it has really high cheekbones. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is quite long. It's quite a long version. Uh, it's a jazz version, and it's a lot of like going through the instruments and doing like each one gets to do their own version. Yeah, of the, melody, of the main riff. Yeah, which I think is like a fit. Like it's a jazz thing. I'm gonna throw this out there. It's a jazz thing. I want to be corrected on this. It's some version of bop, possibly hard bop. <laughs> is it mbop? <laughs> mbop. <laughs> there is a lot going on in this song. But yeah, it's... it's very busy, but like they still focus, I think, pretty decently on the melody. Yeah, and they do. Uh, they do a real uh, emphasis on the last note in the melody. It's boom, 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 boom. Yeah, they definitely have that na, na, accent na, 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 on there. Um, like I said, it could be a Mario Kart 8 track. We get a way more cool bass line at like the 145 mark on this one. Yeah, the music just like cuts out and the bass does a little thing. Yeah. And then the piano kind of joins yeah, in. Yeah, it kind of joins in, mirrors it. And then the bass keeps it up for like the rest of the piece pretty much. Mm -hmm. And they're still going with the like, there's a progression. They're like, yeah, like, that's still going. That's still going in that's the back. That's still going. And, uh, and then they speed up. Yeah. The whole thing speeds up, which. Like you were saying, maybe maybe it is a reference to that. I, I don't Could know. Could be. Could be a reference to the to the speed change of this song, which does happen in the game. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. I feel like probably not. Probably I feel not. like it's just doing jazz stuff. Yeah, it does seem like it's just doing jazz stuff. It isn't bad. I mean, but no? like this song doesn't remind me of Storms at all. It feels very different. It feels very different. Um, I mean, I'm trying to look through all my notes and like, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's the same. It's like a lot of the instruments, you go through the instruments and they'll all do their own version. Yeah. It's like, here's the, the sax now. We got a, a super long sax solo on this. Yeah. It's like the latter half of the song. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. There, well, there's, a, is there like a clarinet solo or is that a saxophone? I feel like that's the saxophone. Okay. I could be wrong though. Well, Yeah. I'm I'm willing to accept it's not because I wrote down I can't tell if this is the same solo or a new one. Yeah, sometimes I wonder where you like like if you can you play two solos back to back or is that just one solo that's, that's really just long. One solo. <laughs> I'm willing to call it one solo. <laughs> that's fair. 
uh, uh, what else? It's you know, it's got a good ending on this. It's yeah, a... I feel like they add instruments throughout too. Like there's a lot yeah. of instruments that come in on this version. Because it starts out, I mean, it's not sparse at the start, but no. it's like a pretty basic configuration, and then we add things in. I think there's like an electric piano that comes in at one point. Yeah, that yeah I didn't absolutely. notice before that. And like it kind of when the when the guitar's taking the main riff, there's a piano going on in the background. Is that the one you're talking about? Very possible. Very possible. Very possible. I would believe it. <laughs> this is such a hard one to like point out because I could yeah. say almost anything and it'd probably be true in this piece. Yeah, as not like <laughs> super someone who's not really that versed in like jazz and I'm gonna say jazz fusion, but I don't know if that's accurate. Um, this is. A t- tough one to to go through because there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. So I can't just be like, and this and this instrument, and that instrument's doing this, and this one's doing it because there's just so much going on. Yeah, it's like it's very instrumentally complex. It's good. It's like it's nice to listen to, but yeah. in terms of holding any spirit of the original song, I think it, it fails. Other, than, I mean, it recreates. It doesn't change except the, for that speed up, maybe. Yeah. Which I'm like going back and forth on like whether or not that is actually in reference to the game. Hmm the only one who did it i don't know man i don't know i don't know if it is i respect that i respect that i respect this version yeah this is definitely like like you're saying if if you wanted to adapt the song of storms for mario kart which has that been done no because there's only one track there's only one zelda track yeah um it would probably look something like this yeah not exactly the same you'd probably be a little more uh... because i think if if it was going to be adapted by them i i mean it's a similar feeling but but it's not quite like this isn't quite like a race version but Mm -hmm. whatever yeah um i forget where i was going with that (laughs) so you're saying it's like it's it would be similar to this yeah so it's like an adaptation for a different yeah purpose yeah 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 it's a different feel yeah and i think um i think it's reasonably well done yeah other than that like everyone yeah sounds cool yeah, a, enjoyed it. It's fun. Uh, considering how long it is, I didn't actually like get bored or anything. No. So that's nice because last time we did a video game, uh, one it was like this song's three minutes long and it should be like twelve seconds. I like, know, goddamn. Some of them were just too long and we didn't really get that this time. Yeah, which I appreciate. They were, yeah. Everybody seemed to know for the most part exactly how much time they needed. Yeah. That wasn't too bad, even though this was like kind of extended. It could have been a bit shorter. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> But I didn't hate that it was as long as yeah. it was. For note-taking, I hated that it was that long. But Yeah, but the rest of it like was I, short enough. I didn't like, hate the piece, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there was a lot to listen to. Yeah. Uh, with that, we're going to go into our final segment, unless you got nothing, or like our, our review. Yeah, unless you have anything else to say. Um, at the end, everyone comes in and they do a melody, and it, or no, it cuts out? Shit. Yeah, just like a kind of echo out. So they yeah. hit one last note, and then it goes... Yeah, they do like one last... And then just... It's done. Yeah. And that's the end. A good big that's finish. All. So our three categories this week are worst track, best track, and the track that never rains, but it pours. No, I'm kidding. I'm like, <laughs> and uh, just weirdest track. We're going to do weirdest this time. Weirdest. That's what we did way back when the third category started. Really? Yeah. Well, unless you would prefer to do it never rains but it pours. Does that mean anything? <laughs> it means what you want it to mean, man. Tell me what the worst. Da-da-dee-da-dee. 
All right, the worst version. What's the worst version of this song? Which one did I not like very much? They were so. I mean, they they were mostly reasonable. I thought. Um, I didn't really like the just piano solo version. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't much to it. Yeah. Only because, yeah. Only because nothing. There's. It's it, not really. It, a, it's the most nothing version for yeah. sure. And I didn't. Wasn't yeah. Yeah, frankly, fine. I just, I just struggle to add to the things I'm saying. So no, yeah, I mean that I struggled to add when I was talking about it the first time. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. That is actually the worst version here because everybody, every other version has something to kind of hang its hat on, Mm -hmm. even if it's not necessarily good or something I like. But this one's just like, eh. It was a piano version, and then it was over. Then it was over. Best version, Alex. Do you have a best version? For me, uh, it's you know I got real strong ties to Fixa. That one, yeah, that one goes back. I know I've heard that version before. Yeah, I do really like that one still. I did like Marcus D's version as well, and the greatest bits. I feel like if I'm talking best versions, actually, I really like Game Jobs version too. Mm-mm-mm. But it really is just lo-fi hip hop study too. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, if I'm going to give it to something that I think actually does a good job, I'm going to give it to a fix it because it still holds up to me after like eight years. After all this time. And they do some neat stuff with the melody. Yeah, he does a good job. And that's cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about it too. And I did like the Game Chops version. But yeah, I, I don't know if I want to give it to the Game Chops version. I'm like, I have nothing against it. I'm just trying to... I have this weird feeling like I should have something against it. Yeah. But, but I don't want to. Because it almost, almost seems too easy for, to, to, I know. for it to succeed. Right? So, hmm, hmm, hmm. The one thing I did, like, um, the which was the one we were talking with the, that was, like, had, like, Hyrule Castle vibes? That's the greatest bit. I did like that version. Yeah. That was cool. That's the one I'm going to give it to. It was a much more like intense feeling. They definitely changed the the mood quite a bit. But uh it still kind of felt adventurous. Yeah. So it was like they changed the mood, but it was a different like Zelda mood. Yeah, they're like, what if this was actually a different kind of Zelda song? Yeah. So that was that was neat. And I liked it. Yeah. Was it the greatest bit? I'm afraid it was. <laughs> I'm afraid it was. It was. All right. What's the weirdest version of this? What is the... Okay, here. I think I do have a weirdest version. Yeah, what do you got for I'm going to give it to VGR yeah. for mostly not being the Song of Storms. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's weird, because it's like other stuff. Yeah, it is very... It is like all over the place, that one. Because it, it like started off with Song of Storms, and then looked, yeah, but what if it was actually not Song of Storms? But, uh... Which is fine. It's just... It's definitely the... Odd. Yeah, it is the odd one out on this list. Yeah. That's, yeah. We were very, we were almost entirely unanimous on this one. (laughs) Yeah. You taking that one too? Yeah. All right. We're going to jump into our bonus segment, which is called, hey, let's talk about video games. That's what we've been doing this whole time. Hey, let's talk about video games. Yes, let's. So, Legend of Zelda. You've played them. I've played them. Sorry, Legend of what? Legend of uh, Zelda. Um, Is that the one with the. Monkey? Yeah. With the tie? Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So Legend of Zelda. <laughs> so Legend of Zelda, I want you to tell me, Alex, in your opinion, from the ones you've played, this is the tricky part. Oh. What is the worst Zelda? And what is the most underrated Zelda? 
I think the worst Zelda is Skyward Sword. And I talk about Skyward Sword a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting in the ways it failed. Right. To the point where I, I know there's a lot of people who say it's their favorite Zelda game. And I did like things about it. Right. But I think that as a whole package, it it suffers for a lot of reasons. And they made a lot of bad decisions alongside the good decisions. But unfortunately, the bad decisions uh, just just outweighed it. Well, yeah, well, hit me with some of your, your highlights and lowlights of the game. I mean, I do think the, the, the visual design was mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah. For one. Uh, there's some very well-designed dungeons for the most part. Right. Um, but they also have, like, but they're constantly undermining themselves. Like, an interesting thing will happen, and you'll be like, cool, something. And then Phi, your companion, pops out and is like, I will describe exactly what's happening to you. And you're like, I already know. Why did we just stop yeah. dead in our tracks and talk about it? We should be, like, responding to the fact that, like, there's a sea monster attacking the boat we're on. Like, mm-hmm. why are we stopping? So it's that kind of stuff that, like, it seems like every time they do something interesting, they undermine it somehow. Right. It's like, it's like a, a problem of flow. Because right, you, usually in Zelda, it's like you do a thing, and it might quickly flash to show that a door's opened or something. You're like, yeah. cool, I'm going that way now. Whereas this one, you like do that, and it's like, by the way, a door opened. A door opened. Yeah. It'll be over there. Or, hey, buddy, you can use the C button to bust your sword out and douse for doors. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And like I, like I said, I think the it's got some like really great visuals. Like, mm-hmm. like I think Phi looks cool. I just wish she wouldn't talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, yeah, and, and they didn't handle the overworld that well. I think, mm-hmm. and and uh, there's sort of like three, like world sections. It would have been more interesting if it was more, um, it was more uh, like c- connection, c- connectedness, them? Yeah. and uh, maybe that's just a limitation because it was sort of a late Wii game, right? But it really sometimes felt like that was a missed opportunity that they then pursued in Breath of the Wild, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's very interesting to look at those two like apart from each other. Because, like, even from a story perspective, Skyward Sword is supposed to be, like, the start of the Zelda timeline. Right. Because people are obsessed with it having a timeline for some reason. Yeah, and I feel, I was really excited when there was first, that they're like, we're revealing the timeline. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to know. And then they did. I'm like, ah, this is like a monkey paw kind of situation, isn't it? Like, like now I kind of, it didn't need to. Yeah, you're Either. like, and they're like ignoring it as much as they can. I feel like, oh yeah, like every time something comes out, they're like, uh, I guess it fits here, but it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, that's right, because especially with shit like Phantom Hourglass and uh, like Spirit Tracks. Yeah, I guess that's part of the Wind Waker timeline. Yeah, that's like way later. And then like Triforce Heroes. I don't know even know if that fit like supposed to fit anywhere, and it doesn't matter. It's just like another thing happened in a different place. Yeah, with someone it's else. Just like, uh, <laughs> like okay, it's just. A... But when? When did it happen? But when did it happen? Which link is this? It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I, it's yeah, definitely uh, something I thought I wanted more than more than I did. Yeah, I thought precision swordplay was gonna be way radder than it was. So, you know, like that the Wii Motion Plus. You were like, oh fuck yeah, right. And I playing it. When I started playing a second time, mm-hmm. it worked a lot better because I had gotten, like, realized, like, oh, I need to hold my hand this way. Like, right. I can't rotate it or it's not going to, like, it's going to fuck up. Oh, okay, so I need yeah. to, like, keep the top 
of the remote right, you need upward. To keep it flat. So like it's a little bit more awkward that way because you don't mm-hmm. like put your wrist can't put your wrist into it the same way. Yeah, but it works better. Okay. And I never finished playing through the second time. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I yeah it's it's worst but also for the most interesting reasons. Right. It's like a case study in what not to do or or possibly why not to do it because like i said it does do some things well mm-hmm. but kind of doesn't stick the landing it's a, it's a fair analysis yeah. i think for me i mean I, there's an easy argument to be made for just like legend of zelda 2 it is very different it's fucking weird as shit and like functionally there's a lot of glitches in that game i did not notice that. i will say uh, this has been brought up yeah something i didn't really think about but it's so like easy to just like die and lose a lot of progress yeah that it really does discourage adventuring and mm-hmm. like exploring so i will say that is that is a, a mark against it yeah absolutely for me i think the one that really like upset me the most i know you're gonna disagree with me on this <laughs> spirit tracks I know you don't like Spirit Tracks. I just like the pan flute alone is enough to crucify that game. The for pan me. flute. So, just for the record, I really liked Spirit Tracks. You know this already. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't fully understand why, but I do like Spirit Tracks. I there's things that like people say like I didn't like it for this reason. I'm like, yes, that is true of that game, but like I didn't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, the pan flute at times is fine because if. The problem with the pan flute yeah. is that like it's easy to play like a note and then a note next to it, but it's really hard to jump notes. Yeah. So and as the game demands and, that in the later songs you have to play. Yeah, which is not good. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. The other thing I learned about that game, okay. So there's bits of this of the game where you need to like play like a guy will play a pattern and you need to play along with it. You need to right. copy it. If you play while he's playing, the game picks that up. And then says, no, you did it wrong. Cause it th- so, like, I was practicing while right. the cutscene was going on. Not th- and then I kept fucking up. I was like, what's wrong? I'm doing it perfect. And that was why. Okay. So, yeah. Game. And then, <laughs> because it does do some things right. Like, the, like, it did the central dungeon concept again that was first in Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, it was a little stronger because you could continue from where you left yeah, off. You rather have than to having to go through it. all of it again every over time. Over and over again. Um, I personally liked how like the tracks expanded throughout the game and like you just were laying more and more tracks. Yeah. Um, I know there's something to be said, like it takes a long time to get from place to place. Yeah. And that is a fucking nightmare. I, I, for some reason, like when I first played it, that like didn't bother me. I was just like, we're going on an adventure. All right. And I don't think like comparing it to, to, um, Phantom Hourglass, mm-hmm. between Phantom Hourglass and, and, and Spirit Tracks, which is probably the closest comparison. I've always said that, like, I know the track is, the train tracks are more restrictive than just boating wherever you want to go. Right. But you don't need to boat anywhere. So you kind of, you're already on, like, you draw your path mm-hmm. and you can go anywhere, but, like, you're kind of on a rail anyway. Right. So I found it didn't, like, change it that much. But you can adjust to that me, rail at any point. To me, it, like, I found it uh, a little more engaging to have to pay attention to what was happening. Uh, I don't know. It was just, I, don't I, 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 I shouldn't be defending Spirit Tracks. It's not really. <laughs> it's not what we're here for. Uh, there were things I, I did like about it. Right. It's just, yeah, that train travel. Because there should never be in a game where it, when you get a side quest, 
that like involves a key part of the game. You're like, oh, fuck. But Although, they're always like, drive this train cart to another place. Yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah. Although, what I think, two things. I think that there should be either a, 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 a prequel, like an interquel, mm-hmm. because there's like a subplot in Spear Tracks. Right. Where, where like there's this race, the Lacomo, right? That were like kind of died off, right? Since the the Hylians came at the because they at the end of um, Wind Waker, they mm-hmm. like leave to find a new land they can populate. But then you learn in this sequel when they got there, there was already someone there. Right. But now they've taken over. So I feel like there could be a real good like colonialism allegory there mm-hmm. if it's made by the right group. So either a remake that completely right. changes the game or like an interquel that is between Phantom Hourglass basically right. and, and uh, Spirit Tracks. I feel like there's an interesting story there. Yeah. It's never going to happen because Nintendo not. wouldn't do that, but it would be interesting. You know, I'd be interested in seeing them hand another Zelda game to Capcom. Yeah, I think they could do a good job. I think that I mean, like for the in, for the thing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. If I could go back for a moment, if I don't know how many like devs there are that make big games in like former colonies, but I feel like maybe they could have an interesting take on that. I don't know. Hell yeah! Tell me about the most underrated Zelda, Alex. Spirit Track. No, get the fuck out of <laughs> here. <laughs> um, underrated. I I struggle. I don't know. You think all Zelda games are just rated? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like which ones are rated poorly. More like it could even just be one that you particularly hold in high regard, but doesn't seem to get talked about a lot online. I'm trying to think of that because if I feel like if you can always find a place, yeah, where someone thinks that a particular Zelda game is the best Zelda game. Sure, yeah. So I think you can always find someone whose favorite Zelda game is any Zelda game, except maybe, like, the CDI games. Okay, but but we, we don't t- count if we those. we talk about best Zelda games, people are going to bring up, and this is the majority, it's going to be Breath of the Wild now. Yeah. Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Wind Waker. And then, like, some people are crazy about Majora's Mask. You know which one gets best, mm-hmm. uh, more than I expected, is uh, Link's Awakening. Oh, yeah. For the, mostly for the dungeon design, I think. Right. Because it does have some really solid dungeons. I'm looking forward to the uh, the the remake of that. Yeah, it it's uh, and it looks super cool too. Mm-hmm. And I have played the original, or or I played it like on Virtual Console. Right. But uh, I I double dip. I would double dip. I like I have the Game Boy cartridge. Do you have one for this? Yeah, and okay. it's probably not even underrated. But Minish Cap. Oh yeah, I really liked Minish Cap. I fucking love that game. Capcom one. It's got it's got all sorts of weird shit in it got a little race of small people it's got a hat that talks to you there, yeah cool. i always liked the <laughs> sort of perspective puzzles where you had to change size and do interesting yeah things. and then they incorporated it into a couple of boss fights too which is cool mm-hmm. there's the one boss where you like shoot his hands and then yeah. have to crawl inside of him and destroy his like inside energy source stuff yeah that's fucking tight Jeez, i'm really like stalling here because i'm trying to think of which one i think is I guess not rated as highly as it should be. I mean, arguably it would be, again, Legend of Zelda 2. That might be for me. Because it is interesting. to, And there's some games that like try to emulate it, but no one's really done it again. Yeah. Uh, no one's tried to like improve on that formula. And I do think that's kind of interesting when you're going between the top-down and the side view. 
And I did play a fair amount of it. I think it's, so I will say this, I think it's underrated. But you have to play it with save states because it's fucking hard. Right, because it just suffers from being an old ass game. It's just really, really difficult. And that yeah. kind of smooths over some of those, okay, some of those yeah, edges. Yeah. Fucking A. So I haven't finished it, but I've played through more of it than I expect, ever expected to. I haven't played through a lot of that game. So I just get to error and then I'm like, oh, it's error. <laughs> you haven't even found bug. <laughs> no. If you want to talk to us about your, your worst Zelda game and your opinion, hashtag Zeldurst. If you want to talk to us about your most underrated Zelda game, hashtag Zelda rated. That has been our segment it's called, Hey, let's talk about video games or whatever I called it. Yeah. There's probably a lot of that that can be kind of, yeah, we're going to leave that all and cut out the rest of the episode. All right. Yeah. Now it's a video game podcast. <laughs> that's right. So, that's been the show. Uh, I've been your host, as always, Jake Cressy. And I've been your co-host, as always, Alex Mildenberger. Goddamn right. You can follow me at Jake the Cressy on Twitter. Um, you can follow Alex at some Alex Wise Guy. Talk to us. Hashtag cover me pod. Rate us. Review us. We're on iTunes. We're kind of on Spotify right now. I got to re-upload a bunch of episodes. Spotify decided to not support the format I upload them in anymore, just for kicks. Thanks, Spotify. Yeah, they used to work. Yeah, they worked last week. This, yeah, I'm like thinking back, and I've listened to episodes of ours on Spotify, on Spotify that weren't the like three that are up right now. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. So if you guys want to listen to, I think it's a wild thing. Uh, get lucky. I'm gonna say fucking the 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 wallflower. Yeah, that one's up. And probably witchy woman. Probably. <laughs> Those are all up there. <laughs> You want something else? Uh, they might not be up there yet. We'll see. Uh, yeah, rate, review us, talk to us. You know, we're, we're on all the podcasting apps. I feel like I had one more thing to say. Right, and that's what we always say on Cover Me. And that's umbrellas are a form of cover.